Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? When you're going through something, sometimes it helps to know that there is someone out there that understands you and what you're actually going through. It makes the healing journey a little easier. The creator of the I've Been That Girl social media community that currently has a growing number of followers and dearly known as girlfriends brings to you the Hey Girlfriend podcast. Tune in every Thursday to hear conversations that are honest, vulnerable, empathetic, and relatable hosted by author and mindset and intuitive coach Kendall D. These conversations are sure to empower you with more clarity and understanding about your own healing journey. Every episode will include Kendall sharing intimate parts of her personal healing journey, from surviving toxic relationships to healing trauma to unlearning old conditioning and thinking patterns. Consider yourself now having a friend by your side that just gets you. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to the Hey, Girlfriend podcast. I hope you guys are doing okay out there. Well, not guys. I hope you ladies are doing okay out there today and having a good week so far. Today's topic is going to be on self-sabotaging, basically how to get out your own way. And (laughs) a funny story about this, but you know what, wait, before I get into the story, I would like to start this podcast off with some affirmations that will help you on this journey and will help you to even I guess take in this podcast so to speak and will help you to I guess prepare your mind so these are some affirmations that I've came up with it's five of them I think I'm going to do this at the start of every podcast episode is think of some affirmations to affirm you and to help you to get your mind right and ready for whatever the information you're about to receive so here we go I will extend compassion and grace to myself when I fall back into habits that are counterproductive to my goals. I am human and will always do the best I can with the tools I have. I am open to learning new tools to learn a better, more productive way of living. I recognize that staying stuck in my comfort zone is blocking me from maximizing my full potential. I am open to any outcome from me doing my best with any challenges that may arise. I know that it all can work out for my good, no matter what the outcome may be. So, these are some affirmations that I came up with to kind of help myself because y'all... I battle with self-sabotage more than I'd like to admit. And it's hard. (laughs) That's the likely way to put it. Like, I want to start off by sharing my own story. I'm going to get into what self-sabotage is and all that good stuff. And I'm even going to go over some tools to use. And I'm also going to break down what could be causing your self-sabotage and what could be causing you to be in your own damn way. And all in all, before I get really into this, I want y'all to know that it is okay if you self-sabotage. I know you're thinking like, what do you mean it's okay? I don't want to do this. I mean, it's okay to be compassionate with yourself because I guarantee it, 
you don't want to self-sabotage. It's not that we don't want to do the thing that we know we need to do. It's that something is blocking us from fully doing it and getting there. And we'll find other ways to circumvent it because we're like, it's so hard to get to that point and we're having a hard time. And it sometimes, well most times, has to do with our upbringings, our childhood, trauma, how we were programmed, conditioned. That's something I want you to understand. So you're going to need all the self-compassion that you can muster up to get through this and to get out your own way. Because you can. I'm doing so. I'm getting out my own way. But it's been a journey, y'all. <laughs> a funny story before I get into what self-sabotage is. Is that I almost, well, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out if I self-sabotage right now, currently this weekend, recording this episode that you're hearing on now Thursday. So... What had happened was, <laughs> you know, when a story start off like that, it's going to be some shit. And, but, I mean, just hear me out. So, y'all know that I typically do a podcast on my YouTube channel, right? So, I typically will film, like, the weekend and then edit through the weekend, have it ready by, like, you know, Friday or Thursday or whatever day I decide. It used to be on Sundays, but I don't know if you all have noticed, but I haven't been very consistent on my YouTube channel. And I've come to the conclusion of many reasons why. Well, not many. There's quite a few why. And I was supposed to be filming this right now, but currently you are listening to my voice. And it's because I'm just going to be real... I didn't feel like doing my makeup and getting ready for camera for my camera to to film this this weekend. I did not feel like it. Like I want to do this podcast. I want to talk. There are a few things ab- about me doing this kind of work that kind of scares me, and I get into that into a minute. But I want to do it. But it's just like I did not feel like doing makeup. Getting ready, setting up my little camera equipment, recording, then editing the recording. I did not feel like doing that. those extra steps. I just didn't. So I was like, Kendall, well, you can do it another way. You're now on Spotify and Apple. You know, people are more so hearing your voice. You're spreading your word that way. And you can always do YouTube videos when you're up to it. Because my thing is, I find that I can easily do a YouTube video of my podcast when I have gone out that weekend and my makeup is already done because I'm going to wear my makeup when I go out. I have, I can muster up the strength to do that because when I go out, I want to put my best face forward and you know, I want to look good. I may want to take pictures. I just want to feel good when I'm out and about, feel confident. So I'm going to do my makeup and it's not that I don't want the same to do. I don't want to do the same for my podcast. But I guess in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to waste my makeup, first of all, because it's expensive. And your girl ain't rich off this yet. And I'm like, I don't want to waste my makeup for a podcast video that may only get like a couple of hundred views or whatnot. Like, 
it sounds, you know, I'm not going to say what it sounds like. I'm not going to do that to myself. It's just is what it is. And so I'm like, okay, so Kendall, what can we do? So, of course, I'm doing this by the voice. But I started to realize I had a revelation while I was, um, I think this revelation came to me out of anxiety. Or maybe it's because I was high. I did smoke a little bit of weed. I do smoke, but it was a little weed left. Um, but my husband is out of town and he left it for me. So I smoked it and I usually smoke with him, but this time I smoked alone. And I think that caused me to have a lot of anxiety because then I was sitting there in the house thinking like, I'm by my fucking self. My husband's not here. Um, I don't have any kind of protection, but my dogs, but they don't really bite. They just bark. And what if somebody breaks in this house? And I just started thinking I'm kind of crazy dogs. Because I was high and I just had anxiety. Usually I don't get that way when I do it in the group setting. I've noticed that when I'm around him, by myself, my thoughts take control. And I just started spiraling. And then it started me thinking about self-sabotaging this podcast that I'm doing that I've kept on trying to avoid. And then I started thinking like, well, Kendall, what's really going on here? Like, I was really missing my husband for the reasons I named, but I was just like, I just felt like, damn, I don't, I can't describe it. Like, I don't want to say I felt lonely. I felt, I'm not sure what the feeling is to name it, but I'm going to explain to you where it came from and why I was feeling that. He is my distraction. Yes. Let me explain. I figured out that he is my distraction because when he's here, I only want to spend time with him. My top, one of my top love languages is quality time. And so I love spending as much time as I possibly can with him. And when he's here and he's awake and not sleep or in bed or anything, I'm just wanting to be solely around him. And I don't tend to do much of my work. Like I do my coaching because my coaching is do my messenger and my Patreon. I do my coaching. I talk to my girlfriends. I post on social media, but you know, I can do that while around him and still talking with him. I can, you know, multitask. I don't, it don't take me completely away from him. And it's not that I'm a clingy bitch. And it's not that I'm codependent anymore. It's not, it's not even that I'm lonely or I need him. Like I'm used, I like being alone. And so I was like, so what is it? What's going on? And it was because he is my distraction. He is my reason to put off doing the work that I know I need to do because of different things surrounding the work that I have to do. And to make more sense of it, to better explain this, it's like I have some fears around doing what I do. And I have some things that get me in my own way. I self-sabotage and it's mainly because, you know, I fear that what the, what I do won't be good enough. Like the, like the video I produce won't be good enough that the podcast won't do well. I fear that I will stumble on my words. I fear that I won't get out what I want to say correctly. I fear being on camera sometimes, not because I'm scared of how I look, but sometimes I get a little clammed up, choked up and it's hard for me to produce it. I get a little nervous when it's time to do it. I get all these bad feelings associated with doing what I know I need to do. So I would rather find something comforting to do to circumvent what I know I need to do, what I know is good for me. 
And so that includes my husband and spending time with him. Because I'm like, growing up, my mom would have called just lazy. She had a tendency to call me lazy. I'm going to get into that trauma in a minute here. But growing up, I was I, I remember always being called lazy for not getting up and doing things right away when she said so. Not putting off things to do for myself that I know I need to do. I always called it. And I realized now it was never really that I was lazy. It's just that I didn't like the feelings associated with what I had to do. And a lot of the feelings came from how my mom programmed it into me when it came to doing certain things. And so for me, it's like it was always self-sabotaging behavior because of the feelings associated with it. And I think there was also a little ADHD in there too, which I'm going to get more into that. I'm going to, I'm, I know I keep saying that, but right now I'm just telling you the basis of the story, but I'm just letting you know, this is going to be a deep episode, probably one of my deepest episodes yet, because it's a lot of things that are coming to light that I didn't want to talk about, but I'm realizing that I'm getting in my own damn way. And I realized that even some of the women I coach, we have a habit of doing this. It's like a lot of us self-sabotage and don't even realize it. And I want to help us. and Because I'm, I'm trying to, this is my journey right now. And I'm really doing, I would say, well on it. But I know I could be doing better. But I'm happy that I'm working on it and I'm aware of it. So I'm making you all aware of it. Helping you work on it. And bringing some things to light. Because the more things you bring to light means that you can become introspective. And then do the work and heal. And, or either get on the path to healing. You may not get directly there. Like I don't feel like I'll ever stop self-sabotaging. But I can understand it. And see when it's coming up. Use my tools. Work through it. And push through it. But anyway. So. And excuse me. I clear my throat sometimes. And clear my nose. I'm trying not to do that. But when I talk for some reason. It just gets that feeling. And I have to clear it. Sorry. If you hear it every now and then, I'll try my best not to do it. But <laughs> And this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's so many things that keep me scared from doing it. Like, this is kind of still new to me to be putting myself out there. Not really, but kind of in this sense. And so I still have a little fear around it. And so I naturally self-sabotage because I have a little fear around it. And like I said, my husband was a welcome distraction. And I'm like, and it got me to thinking more about some things like okay so that means a lot of us when we get into these toxic relationships we're doing so to self-sabotage like we get into these relationships with these people that we want to force to act right we we are trying to get them to treat us right we're trying to figure out why they don't see our worth you know we're just focused on what they're doing wrong and it's taking the focus off our own lives. It's like they are a distraction from what we really have to, you know, heal and work through. We're self-sabotaging and we don't realize it because you can do it unconsciously, which is what I'm going to actually explain in the definition here in a bit. But after sitting here and doing all that, I'm like, so what if that's why so many people are afraid to be alone or have a hard time being alone and they find themselves in bad company? That's self-sabotaging, but it's because you're trying to ease the discomfort. You're trying to find the, you're trying to get to the reward quicker because it, it's hurting to be alone. 
And it can be for several different reasons, which reasons you'll have to actually do your digging. But usually it can be because of, you know, you don't want to feel the abandonment wounds. You don't have to face your issues that you have to heal. You don't want to have to, you know, just deal with any type of shit that may be going on in your life, in your head. Because it's hard to, and it's discomforting, and it's uncomfortable. And, you know, it's having someone in your life can distract you from the shit you got going on. And sometimes we do this. Most times, like I said, we do it unconsciously. And so that's why I got to thinking about all this. Like, okay, so it's been, it's coming together for me. I'm like, I never would have thought that my husband would be a distraction. Because it's like, this is a healthy relationship. I don't feel codependent. I know my worth. I don't feel like, you know, it's none of those bad things that come with it. It's just that. I think I really love quality time with him because it takes me away from the things I know I need to do. And I'm like, damn, is that why quality time is one of my love languages? (laughs) I don't know. I'm still working out the kinks of me understanding it. And best believe I probably have some bonus content on my Patreon um, site, my Patreon membership, girlfriend membership which the link is in the bio. I've been that girl.net and you'll see girlfriend membership. But I put a lot of bonus content on there. But I'm still trying to, this is like going to be a journey. I'm still figuring out the the ins and outs of that. But it kind of like blew my mind because I was just, you know, I, I guess me getting high, me getting high, it really elevates my thinking. But when I'm alone, it can cause anxiety. So I had to get the ice packs out to calm my nerves down. And then the downloads started coming. And it's like I felt better. Because it's like almost like the downloads hurt as they were coming through. I was like, what is this anxiety? What is this feeling? Like, I know I'm high, but I don't normally feel like this. Then I start thinking, okay, my husband's not here. CJ's gone. He went out of town because he's had some um, some unfortunate things happen in his family lately. And his family is mostly um, lives um, a couple of hours away. So that's where he's at. And and this is the second time in like this month that he's had to go out of town. So, and I got to thinking like, you know, maybe he's just a distraction. And I also want to go even further with my story and say that what if the woman I'm, the what, no, not the woman. Let me take my time with this. What if. My manifestations are self-sabotaging me. Or what if, I should say, what if the woman I'm trying to become is self-sabotaging me because I'm trying to become someone I'm not? And let me explain that as well. It got me to thinking, like, when I didn't feel like getting my makeup done and all that stuff, doing my, getting ready and putting all that effort into doing this video, just like an hour-long video, just to take my makeup right back off and waste it and didn't feel like doing all of that, I started to think, like, well, Kendall, you never really wanted to be in front of the camera to begin with. You are only You only started doing it because you thought it was a way to win, so to speak. You thought it was a way to increase your brand and to grow your brand you thought it was a way for you to put yourself more out there you know and I got to thinking like okay so if I don't want to be quote-unquote famous and be on the scene like I do want to be well off and I want to be well respected well known for my craft but I don't have to be out there like in the limelight I don't even really want to 
I want to be known and I want to people to know what I look like and what I and what I and all of that, but I don't want to really just have to be seen all the time. I don't need that. And but here I am was trying to do TikTok videos and and do these YouTube videos and I'm like, this is not even really necessarily me. And but here I am trying to. And then I'm forcing it and I'm trying to figure out like why am I not wanting to do this when it can be better for me? But I'm like, maybe it's because is not really your path, but you're forcing it to be your path because you think that's the only way to win. So my limiting thoughts essentially could be causing me to self-sabotage as well. And so I got to thinking about some other people that have really made it. And I'm like, you rarely see their faces, but they're well known. How many of you know what the author of all the Harry Potter books look like? I don't know what she looks like. I didn't even know it was a she for a long time. But look how well her books did. Her movies did. You know? And so, that's just one example. There are many, but I, you know, we don't have to say her name them all. You know. And so, I got to thinking about that as well. I'm like, there are more ways to win. So, quit limiting your thoughts because it's limiting yourself. And that's also making you get in your own way. Because you're trying to be somebody that you're not. It's like, I had to realize that, Kendall, it's okay to have limits. It's okay to... Be yourself and maybe it may look different than someone else. Maybe you see everybody else winning doing TikToks and getting millions of followers. And maybe you see everybody else winning on YouTube by posting their face. But that's not the only way. I'm going to keep doing YouTube, but I've decided that, you know, why don't I just do videos when I have the feeling to do my makeup? If I've gone out that weekend, I come home, I usually jump on here and do a video because I do like to be seen a little bit. I do like to do videos sometimes because I feel like it gets my point across better. And I want you to see my face for this particular thing. I guess I'm really actually happy. I'm doing it this way because I got a ton of notes, a ton of shit that I got to get out about self-sabotage and that I just got to get it all out because it's so deep. Like me just coming to terms with these things because I started really taking, I take notes like, weeks in advance and I start really thinking about the subject so I start really thinking about my own self and how self-sabotage because you know this podcast and what I do my work is all about me being self-reflective and all about me sharing my personal journey so that you don't feel alone on yours I don't like to get on here or do any of my work by pointing out you this and you need to do this you're doing this because of that I mean to each their own but that's just not the way that I want to do it I want to do it more empathetic style and just do it to where I'm sharing, you know, my journey too. So you don't feel so crazy because I can't tell y'all how y'all have helped me. Y'all stay saying, oh, you've helped me so much. I, well, I felt so alone. I felt so alone. But to see y'all and see my words and my work resonating with you. And I thought I was alone in these thoughts and feelings. And even the past toxic relationships I went through. I love it. So this is the style that I do. So I just start thinking about my own self and how I self-sabotage. And I'm like. Damn, I do it more than I realize. But what if it's because I am trying to manifest someone I'm not. I'm getting my own way because I'm just, you know, trying to do things the way I think should be done instead of the way that is just naturally for me to be done. And so, yeah, I'm going to talk more about my journey as I get more into what self-sabotage is. And all the ways that you may be doing it and how to not do it. Well, how to help you to work through it, I should say. Because I'm going to be honest, like, 
if you have some conditioning from your child that's caused you to self-sabotage, which is more, mostly everyone, it's going to be hard to just do away with it. It's almost going to be like something that you have to learn to manage and have tools to help you manage it and work through it. And so this is all, this is mostly all going to be about reprogramming your mindset towards self-sabotage, but that's what's been helping me. I'm definitely going to give my tips on what's been helping me through a lot of things. And I'm even going to shed some light on how I've been learning more about my ADHD and how me understanding it more has been helping me as well. So this is going to be a very rich, deep episode, girlfriends. So let's get ready. I'm going to tell you what self-sabotage is. So this definition came from positivepsychology.com. It's the best one I could find that explained it in layman's terms. And I really like it. So here we go. Where did I do the definition? Hold on. (laughs) Uh, Definition. Here we are. Okay. The origins of self-sabotage are rooted in emotional experiences, often from childhood, that often affect our self-perception. Self-sabotage occurs when we destroy ourselves physically, mentally, or emotionally, or deliberately hinder our own success and well-being by undermining personal goals and values. And what else? It goes on to say that Self-sabotage, also known as behavioral, 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 I think I still said that wrong, dysregulation can be conscious or unconscious depending on level, the level of awareness. An example of conscious self-sabotage is deciding to eat cake despite a goal to eat healthy. Unconscious self-sabotage happens when a personal goal or value has been undermined but not initially recognized. Someone with a fear of failure might wait until the last minute to work on an important project, unconsciously avoiding the prospect of advancement. Another dimension of self-sabotage is cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is the internal imbalance or discomfort experienced when words or actions do not align with beliefs and values. When this happens, we act to ease the discomfort by changing our words or behaviors or by reframing our goals and value. Self-sabotage is rooted in counterproductive mindsets, including negativity, disorganization, indecisiveness and negative self-talk perfectionism and imposter syndrome are also forms of self-sabotage an insidious and ambiguous ambiguous did i say that right (laughs) forgive me perfectionism and imposter syndrome are also forms of self-sabotage an insidious form of self-sabotage is mindless distractions that prohibit goal attainment Some mindless distractions include binge-watching TV, surfing the internet, scrolling through social media, video game obsession, and internet shopping. Whew, they just read me. They read me to filth. Like, (laughs) when I read that definition, girlfriends, (laughs) I'm like, God damn, is my whole life? 
and my self-sabotage in my whole damn life. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not. But it's like, I needed to read that, and I needed to hear that. And I needed some light shed on it so so that I can be better and walk into the woman I really want to become. And so some key things I want to point out about this definition before I move on into the next part of this episode is that when they say that some of it is conscious and some of it is unconscious, I really feel like all of this shit is unconscious. Like, I really do. Because even the one, you know, the example they made that I just read about eating the cake when you're trying to work out, that can be unconsciously done as well because maybe you're eating, like, for me, I know that I do that because I'm trying to avoid some other discomfort in my life and that's what's making me happy. So I'm going to go to the reward and make myself happy to avoid other discomfort in my life that's unconsciously going on, whatever it is. For And then when they got to the part about binge watching TV and shit, I'm like, well, that is me all day long. And throwing my husband is a distraction too. But y'all, I kept putting off doing this goddamn podcast episode. Like, seriously, I got up today, he's out of town, so I got up, and I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to do my makeup, get ready. Then my sister called and said she may need to ride home for work. I'm like, okay, bet. After that, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do this. She canceled it, so I'm like, damn, I waited, and now it's time for my nap time. So I said, okay, I'm going to take a nap for a couple of hours. I laid down for about three hours for a nap. Woke up, I'm like, who does a good nap? I'm like, okay. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm still trying to like avoid coming in here to do this. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And I said, let me finish watching this Netflix series. I'm watching Dom. I watched Dahmer. Um, I said, let me finish watching this. I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it tonight. And no matter what time it is, I'm gonna do it. It is now currently 3:33 a.m. in the morning. This is Monday morning, I guess I would say. And I was supposed to do this really like Sunday earlier or maybe even Saturday but here I am I pushed it off that long to the last final moment because I knew I had to get it done before my husband got back because when he got back I was probably not going to do it and through the week I probably wasn't going to do it I like to do it early so that I can edit it have it ready to go on my YouTube and on my other channels for my Spotify and Apple and all that I want to have it done in time to edit and have it ready to go and so I knew this would be the last moment I can do it. So I procrastinated my ass off because I'm like, I was, I'm afraid, not afraid. It's just, it's so many, it's so many layers to this shit. So many. And, but mainly it's fear. And so getting into one of the first things that can cause you to self-sabotage and get in your own damn way, we're going to talk about fear. So, you can have fear of rejection, fear of something not working out right, fear of failure, you know, fear of all those things, fear of just the unknown from, you know, what can happen. And so, what it can do is kind of hold you back because you don't want to see what's on the other side because you're afraid of it. So, what do you do if you have this fear that's making you procrastinate? Putting you off because you're nervous, you're scared, anxiety, all of that. What do you do? I mean, you can procrastinate if you want, but, you know, who wants to rush to do it at the last minute? I've really gotten by procrastinating my whole damn life, even in college. 
I don't know how, but I guess because when it's the last minute, then I can get it done. I know I have no choice but to get it done. That's what I want. I don't. It leaves no more room for reward system or stimulation. It's no. It's no more room for binge watching a TV show. No more room for going to do something else. It's no more room for that because, like I mentioned earlier, one might could say that someone is lazy for procrastinating, but it's really even not about that. It's about trying to avoid the feelings that come with something that you must do. The feelings of discomfort, like. It's not laziness because all the time, the whole time I was watching the Dharma episode on Netflix and I was doing other things, I went on my Canva and I edited a bunch of shit to go, to go on my Instagram page, like some new things. And it took a lot of time. I did some coaching. I did some other things. Earlier, I woke up, I cleaned the entryway to my house because it was dirty. That's where all the people come in and the feet and all that and it's dirty and shit and the dog's food and bowls is over there. I clean and scrub those. I did a whole lot of other shit just to put me off from doing this fucking podcast. <laughs> because I have so much anxiety around doing my work sometimes because I'm afraid and just afraid that it won't do well. I'm still afraid of it even though some most of the times it does well. I guess I'm just afraid that it never won't get to where I want it to be. And I'm afraid I will say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. I'm afraid it won't do well. I'm going to have anxiety and nervousness around it because I'm like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that part out, but I know I have it. And so I put it off. And now, then, like I said, I was sitting here thinking like, damn, and CJ's not here to distract me. So let me go find something to clean and do. Let me, it's just, <sighs> but at the same time, I had to have some compassion for myself and you do too. And so it's like, what if you figured out how to put, associate good feelings with things you need to do instead of the scary, fearful feelings? So a way that can help you to not be so fearful of rejection or fearful of, um, um, not reject, rejection and, um, what are the other things I'm saying? Shit, I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) And, you know, all the anxiety that comes with it, fear of failure, fear of all those things, or fear of things just not going right, or or whatever you can think of in your mind that scares you from doing something. What if you associated those feelings with, you know, doing what you got to do with something good? So you can take rejection and flip it around and put it into meaning that it's just redirection. So say if it's something you have to do, and you're afraid of being rejected. What I do and come up with in my mind is like, well, if I'm going to be rejected, that means it's redirection and it's the right, not the right path. That means there's something else I have to do. There's something else meant for me. There's another way to go. And so I tell myself that. Not saying that it's going to just work 100% all the time. I'm like, oh, let's get it done. But it keeps me grounded. It keeps me on the right track when I start, you know, challenging those thoughts and I remind myself, you know, I, I, I ground myself and remind myself, okay, it can mean this. When it comes to failure, I look at failure and I remind myself that failure is not necessarily meaning you're not good enough, you're unworthy, or that you didn't try hard enough. Failure just can be you meaning that you tried and meaning that you can try again. And I've realized that failure can also mean you're giving yourself a chance to grow. 
Give yourself a chance to do better. Give yourself a chance to at least try and then realize, okay, I can try a little better. I can try a little harder. I can do something a little different. You know, it's not the end all be all. So I started, you know, reminding myself that if it messes up, if I fuck up, if it's a failure, it is okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean anything is wrong with me. It doesn't mean anything bad about me. It's not the end of the world. And so that's what can hold us back because we're afraid of those feelings and that we're afraid that we won't be able to recover from those feelings. And if you feel like you can't recover from those feelings, you're going to self-sabotage every time. But the only thing is, I've also realized with self-sabotaging behavior is that it's like a fucking cycle. It can, it's like a cycle. It's like it's a never-ending cycle because you self-sabotage, but then you feel bad because you didn't do the thing that you know you need to do and you really want to do, and that, but you're scared to do. And so it's just like, I don't want to do it though because I'm scared, but I know I should do it. So it's like a circle, circle, circle. And you're just like... Damn, and then you find yourself depressed from that. Like, that's the the dark part of it for me. I feel like I get into a state of depression, and then I don't want to do any damn thing at all because I'm tired of the cycle, and it's making my head hurt. It's stressing me out. I don't want to do anything, so I'm going to lay in bed. I'm going to not do anything. And sometimes that can go on for a little bit too long. Like, I had, like before, I hadn't posted a podcast video on my YouTube for like three weeks. And I remember talking to CJ about it, my husband about it. And he was like, you know, why haven't you posted? I said, babe, I've been depressed. He was, and I can't remember what he said, but it's like, he just said something like, well, baby, you got to push through or something. I remember how he said it, but I'm like, no, no. Okay. Wait, I take that back. I didn't tell him I was depressed first. He was like, well, why don't you do the video? And I think I was like, I'm just depressed and it was just stuck in a rut about doing it. And it was starting and it came clear to me because I guess because I have him here to hold me accountable. And I never and I didn't realize that my depression was coming from that. But when he when he asked me why I haven't done it, when he knows that that's what I need to do and that's you know, I can't give up and he knows I'm not. And I'm like, I was depressed. And I start thinking, especially when I was getting the notes ready for this episode, I'm like. I was depressed because of the self-sabotaging cycle I was in. Because it's like, I know I really want to do the thing. I really want to so bad. But it's these unconscious beliefs, um, this conditioning, these fears, all this stuff that's blocking it. And sometimes what I just named will work. And I can talk myself through it. But sometimes that even gets tiring. So I've learned to just really take that as a, you know, I need to take a break. I need to regroup and it's okay. And then get back to it. And so that leads me into my next thing I want to talk about, which is ADHD. So I was diagnosed with ADHD about three or four years ago. And I'm learning so much about it. Like, y'all, so much about it. Excuse me. Um, I remember when I took some time off work because this was like, mm, like I said, about three, four years ago, maybe. But I worked in a call center. Very, very, very stressful work, which was funny because I was fine at first with it. 
But slowly over time, it started to really be debilitating. And then I remember going through a certain period of time to where I had a lot of loss in my family and a lot of um, trials were coming up. And it was just so much to deal with that and to deal with the bullshit at work. Because working in a call center, as you know, customers call in, they be with the shit a whole lot of the time. And it just make my job harder, more stressful. Just a lot of things were going on. So I took off work. And that was hard for me to do because I'm like, I don't know. I guess I, a lot of people take off work. We're taking off work and using the benefit of short-term disability, which you get paid for, mental health leave. They were taking advantage of it just to take some free time off work. And I didn't want to be painted in that picture of like that. I was afraid what people were going to think. But then I realized, man, fuck that. I'm tired and I snapped. And then I had CJ to hold me accountable. And during that time as well, he saw me coming home depressed and out of it. And he was like, baby, you got to do something. And so that's what I did. And so I went to a therapist because it was mandatory. But only thing is, this therapist, she didn't really help me with anything. She just was really good at getting the paperwork in and signed. And she pointed out a few things. I give her that. She pointed out a few things. But most of our sessions consisted of her having to complete paperwork to turn in to keep me off work and whatnot. So we really didn't really do any therapy session, like really at all. I just talked about some things and she realized I needed time off work and she granted it to me. But I used that time to really get myself together um, because I had been self-negligent like a lot. I was probably self-sabotaging and didn't realize it. And so it got to the point to where I exploded. And I needed time off work. And so I remember she had me do this test. And the test came back showing that I was ADHD. And she also said bipolar depression. And that I seen to help. What's helping that I think was not having to do that work anymore. And doing this work now. But um, yeah the ADHD is still there. And it and when she told me that I was like what? You know I've only, I've only always thought that it was just hyperactive kids because that's all it was presented as for a long time and it's now becoming evident that a lot more people may have it than they imagined and it may have gone misdiagnosed most of the time I was misdiagnosed like it made so much sense about my whole childhood life and all of that I'm like this is making so much sense and it's like been helping me on my journey to understand more about ADHD so Something that I've recently learned with ADHD that can cause me to self-sabotage is that people with ADHD typically, well not typically, people with ADHD do basically only look for the stimulation. They want the reward. And it's like we cannot wait for the reward. Like we can't say, oh, let me get this work done first and then I'm going to go watch an hour of TV. No, we want to watch that hour of TV and it's going to turn into two, three, four hours and we're not going to get the job done until we feel like it later and that's where the procrastination comes in. So our mind is constantly looking for the reward and we can be over compulsive. Like I feel like that's why I overeat because like it takes my mind off something else. Like, oh, eat and make me happy. Let me eat something. Let me get, order out, get what I want. Like today I ordered out knowing I didn't really have the funds to do so. And I got some damn hibachi and sushi, which was, you know, not expensive, but you know, that's not no Chick-fil-A. That was like, that's not no $15 meal. That was about a $30, $40 damn near meal. But I'm like, oh, oh well, I wanted it because I was, you know, 
trying to avoid these feelings that came with doing this podcast. And so I'm like, this whole weekend was like a self-sabotage weekend, which is like perfect story for this damn podcast. And it just all happened to all work out. Um, but yeah, back to the ADHD thing. And so understanding it more and realizing that that's what I, that's what, how my brain works. I started, well, I've just recently started realizing that I can give myself a little reward, do some work, then a little reward, do some work. And it may be different for everyone, but for me, that's what seems to be working. Like before I have to do something, a little nap can help. Or before I have to do something, doing something fun can help. Doing something I want to do can help. Like I have to be off on, off on. Like even with cleaning the house up. I cannot just go do straight through and clean everything. Sometimes I can. Sometimes I have a hyper, where they say ADHD people can be like hyper focused, hyper fixated on something. So if I see one thing they clean it, then it becomes like, oh, I'm going to clean everything. And I become like kind of like in a manic state. But sometimes I don't. And so what's been helping is to do off on, off on, like reward. Okay, do what I got to do. Reward, do what I got to do. And sometimes, sometimes, I have a day full of rewards where I just don't, I just do nothing. Like I have to, I have a lot of those and that's why I feel like I've positioned myself now to where I can do this podcast and then give myself at least a week to get it edited and uploaded. Well, actually I take that back. It's about four or five days, you know, depending on when I do it. And I'm also realizing that, I'm going to do more styles like this. You'll see my face still. Don't get me wrong. You're going to see my face. If I don't like to see my face. I like to show my face. I like to show my hands moving when I talk. And my expression and all of that. So you will see some videos still. But I'm realizing that I'm allowing myself to be okay with doing it this way. Because I know it'd be different if I like wanted to be an actress or something. Or I wanted to be seen or something like that. Then I would put my face out there more. But I don't have to be seen. If you see me, you see me. You know, that's how I'm looking at it. So I'm like, I'm trying to realize that I need to practice being how I want to be to manifest the woman I want to become. And that can get me out of my own way. That's what I mentioned earlier in this show. And so with the ADHD thing, I'm still discovering it. If y'all want to hear more about it, um, I was going to say y'all can tell me, but how y'all going to tell me that? Um... If you're on YouTube, you can leave a comment. But if you're on Spotify or not, you probably won't be able to leave a comment. I just thought about that. But I'm discovering more about it. Um, and so I'll definitely talk more about it. But I'm realizing it has a lot to do with my self-sabotaging. And I'm thinking of and I'm creating new tools for myself to help me to be able to not do it. Like, for example... I have a um, shit ton of clothes in there that need to be folded. And y'all, these clothes have been in the clean laundry hamper for like a month. (laughs) And my Virgo husband is just so good about getting shit done. And I was telling him, like, you don't know how bad I would love to be the way and just get the shit done. It's like he can just do it and know the reward is going to come later. I feel like the reward is never going to come. I feel like the reward is so far off. And I think it's because of all the feelings of discomfort I have with doing shit. And that leads me into my next thing that could be causing you to self-sabotage, which this is going to get pretty deep. Um, Trauma. Trauma can cause you to self-sabotage. And I feel like it's because it, it, 
it heightens the feelings of discomfort you have around things you have to get done. For example, the clothes I was just talking about. I have a lot of feelings of discomfort around self-care things I have to do, chores I have to do. That's why some of you may have a hard time with self-care because of the traumatizing beliefs and feelings you have around it. They say your body never forgets what it's been through. It never forgets the trauma. And so to break it down for you all the way down, um, basically it's described on the same website that I got the definition off of that trauma can be... Um, Trauma can cause you to self-sabotage. And it says a child who is violated by any person, particularly a person of trust, may look at the world as unsafe and view themselves as undeserving of good things in life, leading to self-sabotage. And so that's the basis of it. But I'm going to go into, I'm going to talk about that a little bit as well. But I want to talk more so about me personally and my trauma and that I realized that maybe it can help you as well. So, with me, I grew up in a household where my mom was very, very verbally abusive. And, excuse me. I'm sorry, y'all. She was very, very verbally abusive. And, especially so when it came to, like, household chores of doing what I was told to do and things like that and so I never had a good feeling when it came to doing those things for myself even showering sometimes could be debilitating for me and depressing for me even just doing the things I know I need to do for myself is hard for me sometimes because of how I was talked to as a child when it said that, you know, the definition I just read that a child who is validated by a person, particularly a person of trust, you of course, of course we trust our parents and our parents. We don't know the world. We know our parents. And so I feel like violation can be anything from being verbally abused, um, physically abused, all those things. It's not a good feeling. It's feelings of discomfort that comes with things, especially if you're associated with things you have to get done. So with my mom... It was always hell with her about getting things done around the house. It was always forced to do it, yelled at, talked about if it wasn't done, called names, beaten. I'll never forget, like, once I was sweeping the floor up. I don't even know what happened, but she got so mad at me because I didn't do it right or something or I got smart with her because, you know, I was a child and I was just so sick of her attitude towards me about this. And I didn't feel I didn't feel love, and I felt frustrated. Frustrated, oftentimes I'm like, "Why is my mom doing this to me?" And I don't remember what it was, but I said something back, or I didn't sweep it the correct way. And granted, I was like only five, six, or seven. I, maybe no, not five. Maybe seven or eight. And so she knocked me into the floor in the trash, like like whooped me and popped me down into the floor. And I'm not saying this to be a sob story. I'm not even. And I'm actually okay with my mom now. She's totally different. That's another story. Um, but she's totally different now. But then it was like, I don't know. It was like she hated me. Hated me and my siblings. The way she talked to us. And so every single thing that we had to do was associated with a bad feeling. Even brushing our damn teeth in the morning. Even getting ready in the morning. Getting up, going to school. 
Everything was associated with her yelling, verbally abusive, fussing at us, degrading us, talking bad about us, everything. And so now that I'm older, I'm realizing that my body still remembers that shit. And I associate everything I have to do with that bad feeling of like, oh, I'm afraid or it's traumatizing. I got them fucking clothes in there, y'all, that I, that's been in there for a month. And it ain't nothing to fold and put them up. And I just don't want to do it because I keep putting it off because it was like, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling around it. And so even with things, sometimes cooking for myself or like I said, showering, because even she made that a whole ordeal sometimes. It was just always nagging, fussing, yelling at me about everything. And so, yeah, I associate those same feelings, those conditionings with now. And so that may be why some of you also put off doing things because you have some type of feeling of discomfort that was conditioned to you around it. So that's why I said in the beginning, it's so important to have self-compassion here because self-sabotaging is never, ever about you not wanting to do the thing. That's usually never what the case is. It's that you don't fully understand how to get to that point or so many obstacles in your way so it's just about reprogramming the mindset and so what I've been doing it's kind of been helping but it's a process so what I've been doing to get to help me do the trauma that my body remembers from my childhood is trying to associate new feelings with it so instead of the feelings that my mom gave me I tried to tell myself You know, if I want to have food to eat, I have to cook for myself. If I want to smell good, I have to shower. Um, And I associate, like, good things with it, like my favorite shower gels and brushes and things. Nice warm shower. So that's what gets me to do that. I even put on music while I shower or bathe and do things that I have to do. Put it on music as associating a good feeling with it. And so it's like, yeah, I get to listen to music while I do this. And then cleaning up the house. I love how it smells when it's clean. I love making things look brand new. I deserve to live in a clean home that looks nice. I deserve to be in surroundings where, you know, it's clean and it feels good. So that kind of helps me to do the things I have to do. I'm not going to say that it has helped tremendously. It's helping some. Also taking small steps to it, like breaking it down. Like, if I know, say if I know I'm going to do my hair so on another wig. I wear wigs, if y'all didn't know. I'll get out the materials I need to do that. And so I'm like, okay, at this such such and time, I'm going to do it. And here's the materials I need, so I'm going to lay that out, doing another step. So it's not all just weighing on me to do it all at once. And, like, having all these steps to do it. And so I've, I've learned to do that. Even with cooking. If I know I'm going to cook something, I get out the pots or whatever I need, the season I'm going to eat, and I set them out. I say, this such and such a time, I'm going to cook. It can be after I have a reward that I'm going to give myself. Like, I'm going to watch a little TV, or I'm going to do this game on my phone, or whatever it is I want to do for this such much amount of time. And I have my things here ready to go for when it's time for me to do this next thing. Or I'm going to hang out with my husband and watch a show with him. When he goes to sleep, I already have my things out to do my hair. So I'm going to go ahead and get started on that. And that has really helped me. It's like you got to have like a, like a system going. Like I said, sometimes the system can fail. And then I won't do anything. But I've learned to be compassionate with myself in those times. And realize, okay, maybe it's time to rest. Because using these tools can be tiring 
it's just like if you were working all day on the working all day on the railroad. Well, you know that you know they're using their tools and they're working and working. You're tired. You need a break. You're using these tools. You're tired. You need a break. So it's like we're not like everybody else. It's okay for us to be tired from using the tools and to take a little break and relax and then get back to it and pick up the tools again and remember what you've learned and do it. So self-compassion through this is very, very, very important. And so I think that's all the deep shit I have. I have a few other things that could be causing you to have certain thoughts when it comes to self-sabotaging. I wanted to get the deep shit out the way first because that was a little heavy. I thought I was going to cry when I started talking about the mom thing, but I didn't. I guess I'm doing well with that. (laughs) I felt the tears brimming up a little bit, but yeah. Let's get into a few lighter things that can help with your mindset. Um, Some things that I've realized in myself that I'm going to share. So, one thing, another thing that can help, uh, blah, start over. Another thing that can cause you to self-sabotage is you may find yourself comparing yourself to other people. I do this and I didn't realize it. I'm realizing it more now and I'm using tools to help me. So, you may find yourself comparing yourself to other people, not like you want to look like them or anything like that, even if it is that. Just think of it as a whole. You may find yourself comparing yourself to other people. When you do that, it's like you're taking away your special light. That's how I've started to look at it. It's like, okay, comparing myself is sleeping on myself. It's like, I am special like me. I am different like me. I can win doing me. I don't have to be like someone else to win. I don't have to compare myself like someone else to win. I don't have to take the same path as someone else to win. That's what gets me back on track. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm human. I will get off track oftentimes and start comparing myself to other um, content creators, influencers, or whatever. And I'm like, dang, they got that and that. Dang, you know. And I started realizing, like, no. But get me back off, you know, get my mind back right. Is realizing that... I have my own unique special journey and paths and that it's for me and it's just as good and it's perfect for me. It's my way. I'm perfect like me. My journey is perfect for me. You know, I just reaffirm myself that I can win like me. There's no one like me. It's okay. And so it's easy to say stop comparing yourself, but it's more humane, I guess, so to speak. To be real with yourself and say, I know that I do this, but here's the tool I'm going to pick up and use. I know I do it. So I'm like, yeah, let me, whenever I catch myself doing it, I get myself back on track by pointing out something else good that I got going for me. Something else that I'm proud of. Something else that I love about me. And I remind myself about me. So that's something that can help with that. Another thing is believing that good things can happen for you. If good things have never happened for you before or you haven't never really seen it, it can be hard to imagine good things happening for you. It can be good to imagine a life different than what it is now. What helped me with this is by, I guess, sort of speak, living vicariously to others. It's like instead of looking at others and comparing yourself or even getting jealous because jealous is not a negative emotion that people like to make it seem. It's just an indicator that something else is going on. That's what I like to say. 
So even if all that come up because you don't believe think good things can happen for you, look at good things that happen to other people and look at ways that you can expand instead of looking at ways that you can compare or becoming jealous or feeling like, you know, that can never be me. Yes, it can be you. Yes, it can. If it can happen to them, what makes you feel like it cannot happen for you, but maybe in the way that's meant for you? That's how I look at it as well. And so I stopped, you know, looking at it like that and then realizing that, okay, I can expand as well in my own way. So that's something to help with that. Um, Another thing that kind of makes me self well, not, let me stop with the kind of. Another thing that makes me self-sabotage that could also be making you self-sabotage is how can I put this? Okay, let me just say it like this, how I wrote it. It's doing the work even if it doesn't pay off right away. So let me explain. Sometimes it's kind of like what I mentioned about the reward thing with ADHD with ADHDers, deers, or people with ADHD, or anyone in general that doesn't have that. It's sometimes that if we don't get the reward right away, if we feel like it's not going to pay off right away, or we feel like it's not going to do any good, or we feel like it's not a reason to, like, you know, what's the point, then we may not do the work because we don't, we won't see the reward from the work right away. Just like with me doing this podcast, you know, I'm not going to become a millionaire overnight just from doing this one fucking podcast. So that's why I sometimes procrastinate, put it off. Like, what's the point? Probably ain't going to pay off. But then I got to realize that if I want to get from point A to point B, I'm going to have to take the steps to get there. It's a journey. It's not just a jump, hot skip, jump, and we're there. And so sometimes that can cause us to self-sabotage and get in our own way because we want it right away. We want the reward right away. And so just like with working out, with exercising, you're not going to lose the weight right away. It is a journey. And sometimes the journey is hard. So that's what makes us like, I don't want to fuck with this journey because it's hard. I have a second book I'm working on. Y'all know that if you read Toxic X Chronicles, John. That I have a second part. Because you read a little bit at the end of that. Everyone's been asking for it. Waiting for it. It's been about three years. And I have a quarter of it done. I have been working on it a lot more lately. But it's because I'm looking at the journey of me completing that book. And I know it's such a long one. And it's like I want to finish it right now. It's like I want it done. I want it in the world. I want to publish it. I want it to be great. I really, really want to do it. But it's like the journey. Oh, I don't feel like it because I know it's going to be tiring. It's going to be work. And I, you know, all of that. And then I'm like, what if it doesn't even do as well as I want it to do? And so I'm thinking all of that is holding me back and giving me anxiety. And so I'm, I'm slowly coming out of that funk of that and realizing that no matter the outcome, It's still going to be for my good because it's going towards my goal, my end goal. It's not going to just all come together right away. It's different steps and different things I have to do and I have to keep going. And also what can help is looking back at how far I've come from the beginning to now. I'm like, I've come a long way. I've took a lot of steps on this journey. So keep on making the steps. It's like, and something else that I realized with this is that you can't let motivation be your guide in this because you won't always feel motivated and you won't always feel like doing the thing. And that's something that I'm realizing that motivation ain't shit. Motivation don't help me to do shit at all. And so what 
it's starting to help me that I'm picking up the tool that I'm picking up and using now is letting my future self be my guide. Like when I mentioned a moment ago about the point A to point B, I'm letting point B be my guide, knowing that I want to move further from point A and go further, further, further to point B. So if I want to become this woman, I got to make these steps to become her. And so the woman I want to become, what I want this um, dream of mine with my I've been that girl to become, my brand, what I want it to become, I have to use that as my guide because that's what's going to, you know, that's what keeps me going. So I'm like, I, I see the future of that so clearly and I dream about it so me dreaming about what I want to become what I want to be that's what's going to keep me going and that's what got me in this chair right now doing this podcast when I put it off for so long that's what has me actually you know make me get up and like okay it's time you know (laughs) I was so nervous about talking about this because I didn't feel like I had enough content and here we go with an over an hour of content and then I was just nervous about how I was going to start it what I was going to say And then I started realizing that the more and more I was, you know, procrastinating. I'm like, damn, you're self-sabotaging right now, Kendall. Let's put this in the show. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, I really do this shit. And it's like, I don't want to. But I'm coming to the realization that it is just conditioned in me. But there are lots of tools out there to help me. And I've been working through it. And I'm proud of myself. So you have to be proud of the small steps you're taking as well, girlfriends. But, um, yeah, back to what I was saying about that. Um, I think I already mentioned about associating good feelings with it. I'm reading through my notes, the last of my notes I have here, so bear with me. But, yeah, my thing was having a hard time just doing the work, even if it doesn't pay off right away. And just realizing that, you know, my future self is the end goal. And that's what should get me going. And I've started associating better feelings with it and by saying that, okay, I am excited about the one I'm going to become. I am excited about the course of my brand. Instead of saying, oh, I don't know how it's going to go. And, oh, the work. Oh, I don't want to do this work. Say, I, I started saying, I am excited about this book. Like, I'm actually been working on it more because I am excited. I start saying, I'm excited about this. Like, I'm excited to have the story unfolds. I'm excited for y'all to read this one because y'all love the first one. Oh, y'all going to love the second one. Baby, Woo. y'all going to love this one. This one, I really hated the first one only because I really hate that X. But the second one, you're going to love. So, I started associating that feeling of excitement because I started thinking about the woman I want to become what I want my brand to become, and I'm excited about that. Like, I'm excited to be at that point. So, that feeling is what I've associated with instead of trying to use motivation because I ain't going to always be motivated and feel like doing something. But I can tell myself I'm excited about what I'm going to become and use that future excitement to get me there because I want to keep feeling and I'm excited about what's going to come of this. And so that's what I started using. And that can help you also. It's like changing the feelings associated with the thing you have to get done. Um, another thing that I want to mention is fear or having a scarcity mindset. You have to stop being afraid that it won't be good enough or that you'll fail and understand that you will grow. And you give yourself a chance by trying to keep going and keep getting better. And I feel like I mentioned this already, actually, and I did. But um, that's just the last part of my note. 
So just to wrap this all up, girlfriends, and you know what? If if it's not girlfriends listening, maybe because this is like not anything about dating men or anything like that, or women dating in general. This can be for anyone to self sabotage, really. So forgive me if you're not a girlfriend, you're listening, you're a man, or you know, or you don't identify with either or whatnot. They them, whatever your pronouns are. But uh, apolog- my apologies, but you know. I'm usually talking to my girlfriends, but yeah, to wrap this all up, what I can say is that I don't want you to look at self-sabotaging as something to be ashamed about because I realized that a lot of reasons we self-sabotage is shameful enough and associating the bad feelings of feeling ashamed of not being able to do something that you really want to do or being ashamed that you procrastinate or being ashamed of anything surrounding this would just make this journey a lot harder on you. And so I can't express this enough that self-compassion is so needed. That's why I started off with the affirmations and that's why I'm letting you know about my journey. That's why I'm letting you know you don't have to be perfect. And that's why I'm letting you know that you don't have to stop self-sabotaging, but you can just learn tools to help you to get through it. And so that you're not doing it as much. Like some things are going to be harder to get rid of. Like for me, it's the overspending and overeating. Because whenever I'm feeling a rut or whenever I got something looming ahead of me that I really don't want to do and thinking about it gives me discomfort, I say, ah, I can go in there and eat. I got those cookies I haven't ate yet. Or, oh, let me order out this food. Or, ooh, I can go shopping. Ooh, I feel, I'm getting something new to me. I feel good again. You know, I'm trying to find something else that's comforting to ease the discomfort feelings that have been associated with things that don't have to be discomforting in my life. That's the thing about it. Like, there are these things don't have to be discomforting. Something along the way programmed though those feelings of discomfort dealing with the things you have to get done and I hope I talked about all of them enough mostly it's fear and it's just you know the fear won't actually go away it's just reprogramming your mindset around it and making it mean something else so that you can deal with the outcome in a better way and so if you can deal with the outcome in a better way that means that you can deal with the feelings of discomfort to get through the self-sabotage and just get it done. And you're not having so much anxiety or fear when getting it done. And then once you do that more and you practice it more, then you can get there. And it's really all about, I also want to add, is just letting yourself get better at something. You have to realize that you can allow yourself to to perfect things as you go. Allow yourself room to improve. You can actually, I mean, you can start where you are and actually change and grow. So it's realizing that, me realizing that really helped me to just try and to put it out there and to see the results I get. I mean, I get exactly the results I want, but okay, I tried and I can practice and I can get better. Like even just with my brand alone, I think about how it started and I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. Oh, look at these graphics. And look at this. It was a mess. Look at the things I'm about. Look at how I used to post things. And it was, and you know, I just really grew. It doesn't have to be perfect starting out. Sometimes we want it to be perfect starting out. So we just don't start at all because we don't feel like it's ever going to be good enough. So you have to realize that you can perfect 
it as you go. You can do better as you go. Self-sabotaging steps in and tells you, makes you feel like that. If it ain't perfect, it ain't no use of doing it. But you have to change your mindset around it and realize that I can be affected as I go. I can start off a little rough. I can take constructive criticism from myself and from others. And I can just do better and get better. Allow yourself room for improvement is really what it all boils down to as well. So, um, I think that's all I got, y'all. Like, and I was so nervous to do this shit. I don't know. I guess I felt like, I don't know. I don't know. Now that I've done it, I'm like, okay, that wasn't so bad. It's just, like I said, those startup feelings of discomfort that just makes you like, Ugh. but <laughs> y'all, I was so transparent with this and I hope that it really helped y'all that self-sabotage to really get to thinking about how you self-sabotage and how you can help yourself to not and to remember that you can just learn new t- new tools to help you. And that sometimes you may get tired with the tools and it's okay to put them down, take a break, and pick them back up again. So, yeah, that's all I got for this podcast episode, girlfriends, and everybody else. And remember that you can go to the link in my bio, the app in thatgirl.net, and you can check out my Patreon account under my girlfriend membership or you can um, check out my books as well. And you can check out my YouTube channel as well. And my Instagram. All that good stuff. I got all that good stuff on there. But until the next podcast episode, peace out.